I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program reality. Welcome everyone to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Graham Tallman, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in virtual reality. We record our episodes live in Altspace every week, and you can join us from your PC or VR headset. Just log into Altspace, join our Simulation Nation channel, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. Today, we interview M. Stern, an author whose VR, AR-infused science fiction has appeared in the cyberpunk magazine Right Ahead, The Future Looms, and the pulp sci-fi magazine Startling Stories. Ladies and gentlemen, give a warm welcome to the mysterious, possibly maniacal, and very likely mythical M. How's hey, what's happening, Graham? <laughs> hey. Not much, not much. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, um, thank you so much for... Uh, for having me on and uh, for uh, um, in, inviting me to my first brief, uh, albeit uh, uh, short, uh, sojourn into uh, uh, what's it called? Alt, alt, alt space. Into, into alt space, absolutely. So what happened was we went into alt space, uh, but uh, and we had uh, many of your fan, fans had showed up in Avatar form, uh, but unfortunately there was a microphone uh, issue, and so we have now resorted to Zoom. So we are doing this in sad. Sadly, we're doing it in two D. But um, the uh, listeners on Spotify and iTunes and uh, everything else uh, won't know the difference anyway, so it's okay. Uh, they're just going to hear us talk, and that's the way it will be. For sure. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so I'm so glad uh, you can make it on. So we, you know, as with uh, most people these days, uh, we have only sort of communicated virtually through Facebook and uh, email, and now through through Zoom, um, which is the way we like it, right? We don't need to meet real people. Uh, and I love that your name is is only known as M, very mysterious. Don't give away your real name. Uh, but I love the sort of pseudonymity that you've got going here. Uh, so this is like your a writer's name how does that work a friend of mine once referred to me as having quaint early 90s or uh, late 90s conceptions uh, of uh, of privacy right um uh back in the days where uh, uh if you uh, were to accept a cookie when your browser asked you to it was uh, uh, quite a quite a big deal i think actually when when gdpr went through we sort of had another wave of that where all of a sudden everyone was asking for cookies but um but it's it's not really a matter of that so much as um you know, I've just done a lot of uh, other stuff, I guess, and uh, and there's um, uh, I, I feel um, like the science fiction writing and the uh, horror weird fiction writing that I do is sort of fundamentally different from some uh, things that I do in other spaces, and so uh, so I go by M. So it's not uh, so much that I'm uh, uh, trying to uh, hide everything. So I just don't uh, use my uh, real name, uh, Mordecai, uh, Stern. So <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So, so, yeah. so, so the, so the, so the SMP 500 company that you're CEO of doesn't know of your side hobby is what you're saying. They, uh, uh, the, the, uh, I'm, I'm running rogue from the Tessier Ashpool, uh, oh. uh, uh, yeah. 
corporation. What was the name of the corporation? Was it just Tessier Ashpool or Tessier right. Ashpool? Tess- that's, yeah. Well, if you if you were French, you would definitely call it Tessier. And because William Gibson is uh, Canadian, I assume that he's doing the French pronunciation. But yes, that is uh, for those out there who are cyberpunk fans, a reference to Neuromancer, the first book in the Sprawl trilogy and one of the seminal novels of the uh, cyberpunk genre. So uh, nice, nice throw down there. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I love I, I I love that you are so um, you have such a great sense of of history in terms of I don't know I think that World on a Wire was really uh, one that you uh, t- you knew a lot about and you knew a lot, a lot about Rainer Runner Fassbender. Would you say that you are in general uh, a, a sci-fi fan and you know the sort of a lot of the seminal works in sci-fi? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um dating, you know, way back. Um, I've been a, you know, uh, whether horror science fiction genre stuff. Um, uh, I, I can't think of a time when I wasn't interested in it. Right. I mean, my, my, uh, um, some of the early, earliest, uh, stuff that I was into was the, you know, twilight zone, these sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I read a lot. I mean, I, I read a lot outside of uh, the genre. I read a lot uh, of, of genre fiction. Um, so I'm all over the place. And, and of course, with uh, Rainer Van Fassbinder, I also um, watch a lot of foreign film art house uh, stuff. And so um, uh, his that that film in particular uh, sort of, uh, you know, is is a lot of things that I'm interested in uh, all at once, you know, Um uh yeah so and i i really obviously like that uh you guys were talking about it i mean same same sort of thing though with uh with cronenberg i mean it's that it's that sort of you know art house genre kind of auteur meets uh uh you know yeah doing their their take on genre fiction stuff so um yeah yeah i dig it Cool. Yeah. So, uh, so let's talk about your, uh, origin story a little bit, M. So you, um, you do other things, but you are also a, a, a novelist or at least a, a writer. Um, how did you get into writing? Did, when did you transfer your love of, of sci-fi and stories into actually trying to do some of it of your own? Well, um, you know, I was thinking about that and, uh, uh, again, it's, it's hard to, uh, remember a time when it wasn't sort of a thing that I was thinking about. Right. Um, uh, from my, to go way back, I mean, when I was, you know, like a little kid, my earliest, uh, the, the earliest artifacts that I created, you know, were, uh, um, uh, I, I drew these, uh, you know, sort of sci-fi horror-ish, uh, comic books, you know, uh, uh, I mean, you couldn't really call them comic books. I mean, they were, you know, kind of doodles, uh, um, Mm -hmm. very, uh, um, rather, uh, disturbing stuff sometimes. And, uh, and, and then, uh, um, I used to draw monsters a lot. I mean, I was always sort of uh, into, to that kind of thing. Um, you know, and then, um, like I said, Twilight Zone, uh, um, I, it's, I was, hugely into comic books when I was a, uh, when I was a kid, um, I don't read them now. So, and given the, the sort of cultural phenomenon, it sort of feels funny for me to, uh, right. uh, you know, uh, uh, toss that one out there. But I mean, certainly that, uh, you know, introduced me in the, in the early nineties, late eighties, early, early nineties to a, a large number of, uh, 
you know, science fictional concepts, um, uh, you know, the um, many worlds theory, these sorts of things mm-hmm. all came up in the comic books. You know, I, I like the the cosmic sort of storylines in the Marvel universe and whatnot. Um, so, um, so then, uh, but we were talking about writing what I was writing and not what I was reading. Right. When, well, yeah. When did that, when, that when, did, <laughs> when did, sorry, I, I got completely sidetracked and, uh, um, no, not at all. I, I could, I could go on, uh, um, uh, talking about what I was reading when, forever but i don't know if that i gotta save something for the the tell-all uh, memoir right so, <laughs> exactly um, exactly so um what got me writing well there was yeah that stuff when i was a kid and then um i uh it, it was something that i was always sort of gesturing at at doing you know um i would uh write uh you know i think in my in high school, I wrote a story or two, you know, in my uh, uh, early 20s, I wrote a story or two, um, you know, but um, uh, it was, I was doing less work and doing more thinking about, you know, uh, um, what was about to happen. I think there's a danger there in uh, um, any sort of creative work, which is that you can sort of be so close to it that it feels like it's always kind of on the tip of your tongue. And uh, uh, you spend uh, one one spends uh, a lifetime right on the cusp of of doing the thing, you know. Um, but um, so I was there for uh, uh, eons, and then um, probably about ten years ago, um, I decided. Well, you know, I, I like I said, I was doing other other forms of uh, other sorts of writing and stuff. Um, but writing, you know, genre fiction, uh, any sort of fiction, but genre fiction always, uh, uh, struck me as sort of the, the purest, uh, form of the craft, you know, it was what I, what I wanted to, uh, to, to go for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, I guess I decided that I would finally, um, figure out how this was how this was done you know i mean figure out the uh, um uh if logistics is the right word but um you know how how do uh, um stories get into books you know and um and so i started uh just doing the you know work of trying to write stories and um so i was doing that and uh my earliest uh, the earliest sort of stuff that i other than the sort of before that, the occasional story that I would write, my early stuff really felt kind of um, overstuffed, I guess, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think probably an editor could tell that I read a lot of novels, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I was always sort of trying to squeeze too much into uh, uh, too small of a space, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so um I, uh, uh, it's not entirely abundantly clear to me how I, uh, uh, managed to get around that other than just continuing to do it, you know, um, continuing to, um, yeah, send out stories, try to make each one, uh, you know, a little, a little better flow, a little better, you know, um, I think the fact that I was doing, uh, other sorts of writing in volume sort of made me start 
paying attention to, um, to form in a way that I hadn't really before, you know, that sort of, it sort of, uh, puts you in the mindset of constraining what you're doing, you know? Um, and so you can kind of take other constraints in other spaces and, um, uh, you know, kind of apply them to a, uh, narrative arc, you know, to the, the structure of a, uh, of a story. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that might've been what happened about, you know, whatever, five, four or five years ago when my stories sort of started getting, um, getting more, uh, sellable, I guess, um, you know, and, um, uh, it could have been any number of things though. I mean, I was finally had space, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't living with roommates, uh, for the first time. And I think that, uh, for the first time in, in a long time. And so I think that that might've played into it. Um, I started speaking German conversationally. And so sometimes I asked myself if, uh, there wasn't some element of, uh, a cognitive or neurological shift that allowed me to sort of organize my thinking better, but that seems highly speculative. So, you know, that's just, uh, um, it's, it's tough to say, but, um, yeah. Well, you, you are a speculative writer. So if you can't be speaking speculatively, what can you be doing? Um, so what, what that's, that's interesting. What made you want to learn German? I, I assume from your accent that you're probably American and what, why, why did you uh, start to learn German? Um, well, that's a good question. Um, uh, I, um, had taken a couple of classes in, uh, uh, the, the, the early origins here are perhaps even less interesting than the story about me drawing comics as a, as a kindergartner. Right. Um, no, it was really, I took a couple of, uh, uh, took a couple of classes in college, didn't do anything with it. Wasn't very good with it, you know? Um, I mean, I was, I was okay, you know, but I, I didn't, I didn't fully understand what it took to, uh, um, to speak a, a foreign language, you know? Mm. And, um, about five or six years ago on a lark, this is going to sound like a, an ad or something, you know, like they've mm. sent me, uh, uh, um, I don't even know if I should name the, the app unless they're going to, uh, you know, give you a, a kickback of some sort, right? Rosetta Stone, just, it's gotta be. <laughs> it, it was not, it was not Rosetta Stone. Okay. No, it was, uh, uh, it was Duolingo. Hmm. Duolingo, the, uh, uh, it's like a gamified learning app, right? Hmm. Um, and, um, so it, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I guess suddenly, I saw what it took for whatever reason to be able to speak a, uh, uh, to be able to learn a foreign language. I mean, I, I, I um, realized, I guess that it's a, uh, you just sort of have to open yourself up to the idea of learning all of these rules and learning all of these words and then putting the words into the framework of the, uh, uh, the grammatical structure. And then you get, you get meeting. It is interesting though, because uh, one of the, well, there's, there's a couple of things there. Um, uh, first of all, um, like we sort of discussed with the kind of a Fassbinder, um, you know, I just watch a lot of European art house, uh, stuff. I read a lot of European literature, um, you know, German, I, I like Goethe, you know, the, the uh, old, mm -hmm. older German literature and he was like the Shakespeare of, uh, mm -hmm. of Germany. And, uh, and so, um, I guess it allowed me to, um, you know, there was certainly an, that was one of the the impulses behind it as well. You know, I, I was able to sort of uh, um, better, 
even though I can't read at a super advanced level, you know, um, I can sort of appreciate what that's all about a little better. Um, and, um, second of all, um, there was another thing there. Oh, so anyway, uh, but it was just a, a personal sort of, uh, challenge to see, I guess, how far I could go with it. Right. Oh, oh no. So, so that, so that's, I just remembered, um, uh, so much of what one does with language or what I do with language as a, as a writer, or when you're, you know, sort of reading a book, criticizing a book, talking about a book, there's, there's a, such a subjective element to it. Right. I mean, there's all that, that's the nature of the beast. That's the nature of criticism. Right. Now, certainly one could uh, tell the difference between something that was written by a six-year-old and something that was written by a, you know, a 25 year old. Um, but uh, beyond that you feel like when you're talking about books, you're always kind of engaging in some level of subjective judgment. Uh, whereas with learning a language, you can get the sort of same right and wrong. You know, I mean, there's, there's a way to do it and there's a way sort of not to do it, uh, when you're learning it. And so you can sort of get the same, uh, hit directly to the reward center of your brain as, you know, like solving a math problem. And I suck at math, mm -hmm. but, um, mm -hmm. you know, so, so anyway, so that, that maybe sounds kind of weird, but, um, yeah, I felt like it, it allowed me to do kind of an objectively verifiable thing with language that I could like chart my, um, my progress in a way that wasn't possible with, um, uh, that wasn't possible in, in the other sort of things that I, that I do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, so I speak German, um, conversationally and, uh, I speak French now. My French isn't great. Um, mm. my comprehension is especially, uh, because, you know, you, you like the more you're around it, the more your brain sort of like flips over and starts understanding it, you know? Mm. Um, so, uh, but yeah. I mean, I think it's addictive, honestly, uh, right. just you're constantly learning more words. And, uh, you know, when I was, um, I mean, the first time that I had a conversation in, in German, um, I mean, I felt, I honestly felt like I was dreaming for like a, a half hour afterwards because you, uh, you spend your entire life, your, your brain, you know, your brain doesn't know any better. It thinks there's this one set of symbols that you use to navigate the world. And that's the sort of gateway. And then you introduce this other system and you start speaking and someone speaks back and there's a part of you that's just like, that works. Like it's, you know? Um, so anyway, yeah. So I, I dig, uh, language learning. Um, it's super fun. And I, and I end up working some of that into my, my stories as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking, wow, there's a lot of that that's sort of in the story, especially so head on the door is the story that um, I'm familiar with and, and read and, and really love. I think you're writing number one, you have a, a way with language. So obviously you have a command of the English language. That's very clear. You're very specific and um, eloquent in your word choices. And obviously every choice has a has a reason that you've you've done it. It feels purposeful. So uh, and and economical as well. I mean, your your um, your story packs a lot in. But I like what you said about rhythm. Like it doesn't try to overstuff. It kind of breathes in a nice pace. You know, short stories a lot can um, and novels too. But short stories in particular try to cram an entire feature 
uh, idea or a novel into a short story. And I, I even, you know, some of my favorite short story sci-fi writers like Harlan Ellison, you read his stuff and it's just like, this guy uses his thesaurus too much. He's just sort of ramming as many ideas as he can into it. But I thought that yours had a nice uh, breath to it and kind of uh, uh, was an enjoyable read, but it also um, was was dense in terms of sort of ideas, but not too dense. Um, but then the other thing you're talking about, which is that this idea of being dissociated from yourself as you're hearing somebody speak to you in German. And of course, the story is all about dissociation and sort of seeing another version of yourself. Um, so I, I will say that we are going to get into some spoilers here. So if someone hasn't read the story, uh, please go do, go do so. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can find the story um, before we dive into it? Uh, so uh, Head on the Door is available at... Uh... Uh, in the uh, cyberpunk magazine right ahead the future looms um so uh um yeah you can you can check it out there um it's up um there's a link to it online as they posted it as a sample of uh issue 11 it's it's in issue 11 of uh right ahead the the future future, future looms 11 right yes i think so um yes. <laughs> i think it is 11 yeah exactly yeah um and yeah, and, and, and you know, I mean, uh, um, it's it's tough to it's a short story, so it's tough to not do spoilers because there's not much else. But you know, um, but um, yeah. So so how did you so start? You did you have uh, stories uh, that have been published in Startling Stories and also the um, uh, the Future Looms. So you just you just found these places. You were fans of these uh, uh, of um, I guess they're zines or sometimes or online zines. Uh, and then you just submitted to them. Is that how you went about getting published with them? Yeah. I mean, I was uh, straight up pulled from the slush pile uh, in, uh, in these cases. Um, it was just, you know, I'd been working on stuff, um, you know, on and off uh, uh, again over the years. Um, my first sale was actually to Startling Stories um, a couple of years ago. Uh, it was uh, the issue was delayed until uh, fairly recently. Um, uh, but in, um, during the, the wait, you know, I was of course working on, working on other stuff. Um, and, uh, and so at some point, uh, in all of that, was it, was it in 2019, uh, or end of 2018? Yeah. I ended up, uh, uh, writing, um, head on the door, uh, and, um, yeah, uh, sending it to to those uh, to those guys. They're um, uh, they're based in um, the UK and um, and Zurich, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yeah, I just um, it's actually uh, that story um, ran a little long uh, uh, for what their typical word count is, right? And um, but you know, before when I when I so. On that story, I mean, when I wrote that one, finished it, I was like, I, I felt good about what I'd done with it, you know, but I was like, I, I think this is going to be a very specific uh, type of publication that's going to run this. It's It has a, uh, uh, you know, it's like, this is a cyberpunk story. It felt like a cyberpunk story. Like it felt like the most William Gibson-y thing that, that I'd written, even though it certainly isn't a, a, a sprawl, you know, sort of, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, it, it isn't that sort of thing. It isn't that sort of world, you know? 
Um, I, now I haven't read the, the later William Gibson. I haven't read like pattern recognition recognition and stuff. So if he gets more like this, uh, uh, that's purely a coincidence. Mm -hmm. But um, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a short story about consciousness. You know what what consciousness is. How, uh, uh, you know if uh, um, and but then also. Uh, a story with some uh, uh, plenty of emotional heft. It's, uh, uh, you know, experimental in its way, especially it begins uh, experimentally. Um, and so um, uh, I can't remember the, the, the question. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know if they're, I guess it was how about, how did you find these guys? How'd you get published? So, yeah. So um, oh, yeah. I, I'll try oh, not. I'll 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 try not to to get, to give away uh, the big twist if we can. We'll we'll see. But so how would? Why don't you just describe for us the the plot? What what would you describe the story as? What would be the logline or or something like that? Uh um. What was the tagline that I uh? uh well, I, I can try. I came up with. <laughs> yeah. Go, get, no, I, I came up with a with a one line. Uh, um thing for it it was um uh uh anyone can crack your skull but only you can break your heart okay well that's a great tagline so uh yeah so so basically the way i would describe it is there's a bit of a mystery up front where a, a, a person is waking up they've been injured in some way and there's a, a woman there with him who he seems to have a past with and then we recall uh his past where he was having um uh, a romantic relationship with this woman and then uh he's in love with her and he discovers that she is also dating somebody else and that leads to a lot of conflict that leads uh him into this situation where he's been hurt in some way and that's really as far as i can go without giving any spoilers um but i think the fact that we've talked about this being cyberpunk and this is a virtual reality podcast it's going to be difficult <laughs> to avoid people being able to perceive sort of some of the plot twists that come um but um, we could, we'll try to focus on the first, first part of the story. So, um, so I, I, I could definitely see how you're talking about, you were, you were talking about dealing with form, um, the way that the, the opening part of the story is sort of fragments that are happening. We're thrown into the heart of the action uh, in a sort of a hook, hooky kind of way where it's a mystery. We don't know where this guy, what's happened to him. We don't know who this woman is and, and why he's in this bed um, injured. And then we sort of, um, you have these, these hash hash marks that kind of separate out his different fragments of memory. Um, was that a specific, a sort of tech choice where you're doing these hashtags uh, and, and sort of insinuating that there's some kind of technology at play here, or was that just uh, accidental? No, I mean that uh, I'd like to say that there was some stylistic choice there. Um, honestly, that's just, uh, uh, that's sort of a, a, a typical um writer thing like uh, um it's just how you demarcate um uh when you're sending to a magazine and then the, the the publication decides which what if they replace it with their little uh oh, you know interesting wa uh, watermark curly thing or, or right. you call that curly q yeah yeah and right. so um and so they they went with those um so yeah i wish there was a better story there that's an interesting guy i hadn't thought of that as, as having a stylistic element to it though and maybe maybe they it's entirely conceivable that i guess maybe they saw that as having some uh 
uh, value in that respect, and and that's why they they left it in. So I don't know. Right. But um, as far as so, but as far as structurally the story goes, so uh, when you were talking about form, um, how did you decide on this form? Where um, you know these sort of fragments of memories and going back in in time, sort of starting in the in, in sort of the end of the story almost, and then going back. To, uh, when did you uh, figure that was the form you were going to go with? Uh, that is uh, such a Good question. I, I so I uh, um uh I I know so much. I I have so much of a better memory about how I came to the end of the the how I came up with the end of the story. So I don't know. Do, do you want to keep it entirely spoiler free for the the audience? Is it well? Uh, um, it's you know I think that the fact that it's a short story is going to be really hard to not talk about uh, a third of it. <laughs> so, right. Right. So as long as you're okay with it, then I think we've we've given enough spoilers. Everyone, stop the podcast now. Go read the story. It's not that long, so you can read it very quickly. I I can promise you, you'll enjoy it. It's very well written and it's very cool. All right, spoil away. Uh, okay, so um, well, I can start with just how I. Uh, came up with the idea originally, which was, um, uh, I guess this speaks to another part of sort of the process of how I come up with, with ideas, you know, um, I'm always sort of tossing around, um, kicking around, I guess, I don't know, it's almost like doing thought experiments, right? It's like, I, I'll, I'll just be sitting there thinking, you know, well, what, this would be an interesting way for consciousness to relate to a machine, you know, this would be, uh, um, and, um, at one point, this is about five years ago, um, because the, 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 the concept behind the end of the story was, is older than the, the rest of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, uh, um, I mean, the, I, I wrote it all at once, but I came up with the, mm-hmm. the end of the story last, uh, the end of the story first. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, it's funny. I, I thought of it as uh, um, I thought of that image only a guy with his with a severed head in a in a drawer. Right? It was head in the drawer, and uh, it's you know the guy who you know, he he's uh, uh, all happy because now he can have his consciousness broadcast into this new body. Uh, everything is uh, uh, copacetic, and uh, he's you know walking off doing the sort of romance novel you know, uh, bridal carry thing. And then, uh, uh, and then he, the, the head version in the, in the drawer realizes that, uh, he's, he's somehow getting cut out of this mix and the entire uh, deal. And then, you know, finds himself, um, you know, at odds with himself. Uh, I don't know that one has to be, uh, Sigmund Freud to, uh, uh, figure that there's, you know, maybe something there, uh, um, we have to talk about that with respect to the Fassbender movie as well, because I think you guys correctly identified some, some of that stuff going on there. But, um, so, uh, so yeah, anyway, um, that was the initial thought that I was just, you know, and sometimes I will come up with an idea like that and it just sits there in my, uh, in my head. And, uh, if I can't forget about it, then after a certain point, I'm like, well, maybe that's something I should do something with. But yeah, I, I had intended that to be its own sort of standalone story where all the drama was in this revelation of, you know, this guy realizing that, uh, oh, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah. Have I yeah. already sworn? Okay. <laughs> you can swear uh, on uh, it. Oh, uh, um, you know, this guy thinking, oh, shit, I, uh, um, you know, this was all going to work out, but I, I can't you know, 
I can't win. This isn't, uh, um, uh, and, um, and, and then, you know, uh, so I, I plan to write it as a much shorter story with just that segment. Um, but, uh, so anyway, the, the first then change to that is of course it's head on the door, not head in a drawer. And honestly, mm. um, the, the, I, I reached, I came to a point as I was writing it where I was like, you know what, if something is that close to being a cure reference, you know, a reference to the band, the cure, mm. then, um, you can't, I, I can't write it and put it out there and have it be that close. There's some weird uncanny Valley between the mm -hmm. the phrase head in a drawer and the phrase head on the door uh to the extent that i thought it would be almost jarring but maybe that's, that's probably just me but at any rate i decided then that it'd have to be head on the door and then in order to pay that off i'd need to have a literal head hitting a door um mm -hmm. and so I, I sort of retrofit uh retrofit isn't the right word i i sort of uh uh rebuilt that concept around, uh, around that. And then, um, the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so everyone's re uh, read it now as we just told them to do. And, uh, they know that the, yeah, the story is that this guy wakes up and he discovers that he had been injured neurologically and was able to transpose his, uh, his consciousness through sort of a Wi-Fi signal into the mind of this, uh, I guess, uh, an AI, right? A robotic body. And so he was able to then use almost like a, a human drone, right? This He was able to sort of remote control this other body through his own mind and his, his neurological set. And so then he, his, this new body became almost like an avatar, uh, which he could control and, um, and see through as almost like a moving virtual reality uh, system. But then of course uh, he doesn't fully experience uh, the, the romance and the love that he wanted to. So it's a really cool idea. It's very like black mirror in some ways. Uh, and, I, I saw sort of like bits of like, oh, it's like the avatar idea where you can put your consciousness inside a different body. And in avatar, of course, he's in a wheelchair. Uh, and then in yours, he's sort of uh, sort of trapped in the bed. Um, so I just love a lot of those ideas. And it was a really clean um, execution of the concept. So, um, yeah. Were there any inspirations that you had for coming to that idea? Or were there any movies or or, or novels or shorts or, or writers that you uh, you love in order to to get there or just sort of sparked one day? Um, that's a good question. I mean, uh, certainly uh, a big chunk of what I read is in the sort of, um, uh, you know, I mean, I love Philip K. Dick. Um, I, I love, uh, you know, Rudy Rucker, William Gibson, uh, Stanislaw Lem, uh, you know, these authors who, who sort of um, write about theories of, uh, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, uh, you know, tiered realities, theories of consciousness, uh, how, if, if consciousness can or can't be separated from the, from the body and, and what shape that would take. And so certainly all of that, I think, uh, I had completely forgotten avatar though, honestly, until, mm -hmm. until you mentioned it. Um, but, uh, um, no, and I mean, black mirror, certainly, uh, an, um, an influence, but it's funny with black mirror because, um, you know, when it comes to writing um, speculative fiction, science fiction, um, 
you can't always count on this idea has never been done before. Right. I mean, and so, um, and so, but black mirror, those first couple of, uh, of seasons, I mean, they're only a couple of seasons, but like the first two, I think, uh, and maybe that Christmas episode with uh, John Hamm, um, mm-hmm. you know, they were, which I think was its own season. They were so good that I literally, before you were getting published or whatever, like, I'd be like, I, I, the, the next season would come out and I'd be like, Oh crap. I wonder if I got scooped though. That's not the way that one should look at it. Right. Because, mm-hmm. um, so certainly uh, both, both, uh, I mean, an influence and, um, yeah, I mean, I think that what, uh, Charlie Brooker, um, I think what he was doing in some of those episodes was just, uh, um, I mean, it was brilliant, but I'm not the first one to say that it was brilliant. It, mm-hmm. I, I definitely, and, and I got to tell you that I, I am a, a hard sell on stuff like that because my first impulse about uh, something that gets so much critical acclaim uh, is to dismiss it because, uh, you know, I find that the hype cycle these days is so, uh, uh, you know, sort of irritating that, uh, you know, so people are saying when it first uh, uh, came, you know, to, to Netflix in the U S you hear, Oh, black mirror is uh, it's like the new twilight zone. You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my first I'm like that, that is a high bar to set. You know, I'm right, sitting there right. thinking that, you know, uh, uh, Rod Serling was a genius that, uh, you know, Matheson, Damon Knight, uh, uh, Beaumont, you know, these people that wrote Hall- Harlan Ellison. Um, I think he did a Twilight Zone, right? Maybe he did. He did only Outer did Limits. Limits. He did he Outer did Limits. Limits. Yeah. De- devil with the devil with the glass hand, demon with the glass hand. Right. The, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but so at any rate, uh, um, uh, so, uh, but then, you know, I, wa- I was like, the, this dude can't possibly be doing what the twilight zone was doing then, you mm-hmm. know? And then I watched it. I watched that episode with the pig, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where the guy, uh, uh, is, is yeah, that, that whole deal. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, well, I'll be damned. Like it's, they weren't <laughs> overhyping it. That it's, it's that good. Right. And I mean right. that, uh, um, the one with the, uh, uh, what was it? The brings back. No, it's the, it's the memory. It's the, the, um, recording thing where he can yep. record, uh, and watch yeah, with the Don Gleason. Yeah, yeah. The, where he can play back the memories and see when his girlfriend was cheating on him with the sky and, and all yeah. of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's that was beautiful, you know. Uh, 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 both, uh, um, uh, I hesitate to say genre transcending because I think that you know, uh, uh, what's genre versus genre transcending, you right, know? But it was right. it was beautiful uh, uh, um, cinema, television, whatever mm-hmm. uh, the medium is. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and um, so certainly, I mean, to to be. Uh, uh, called black mirror ask to have my work called black mirror ask is mm-hmm. certainly a, a, a compliment that, that I will accept mm-hmm. along with uh, all the other compliments. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. I should say it's uh, very wonderful to hear. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. So the other thing, you know, th- this is what I was also impressed with and it is sort of touching on what you're talking about. And it was a question I was going to ask you also was that you had this sort of high concept sci-fi tech idea but you 
grounded it in a very um, relatable emotional story, but one that felt very lived in and very believable. And so one of, and we, in, almost in that way that that Donald Gleason episode did with um, Black Mirror. So I, I, at first I was, I wanted to ask you, you know, which came first? Was it this sort of emotional story that you wanted to express or was it this sort of high concept sci-fi idea and it seems like you were saying that it was the the sci-fi idea the ending is what came first um so maybe you could speak a little bit to how you developed this sort of uh love triangle that was happening in the relationship between the main character and his love interest because it just felt so um specific and 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 beautifully told so how how did that come about well, um, I guess, uh, um, it's, it's, it's difficult to say with something like that. I mean, it, it, it uh, um, I suppose I like human drama, you know, um, uh, I, uh, I like human complexity. And so, um, it seemed, uh, as though the situation sort of lent itself to, um, uh, you know, in order to get to the end, I was going to have to have this guy get hurt somehow. Right. Mm -hmm. I could have him get hurt in a, uh, an accident. You know, I could, mm -hmm. uh, the, the idea of it being a, a love triangle just sort of, um, I don't know, materialized, I guess, but maybe, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's just the, the sort of, the sort of stories I'm attracted to the sort of stories that I, I like to, um, uh, uh I guess the sort of stories that I like to read or watch movies about, not, not exclusively, but certainly there's an element of the, the kind of, you know, Ingmar Bergman. Um, I, I guess so I'm, I'm interested in how people uh, communicate and miscommunicate and are dishonest with themselves. And, uh, um, and so I guess that just sort of came out in the, um, in the story. I mean, I think, um, you ever see the rules of the game, uh, Jean Renoir? Yeah. yeah, you know, there's the there's a scene where Jean Renoir says uh, uh, the tragedy of something like the tragedy of life is that everybody has their reasons. You know, <laughs> uh, that sort of um, that I think that notion was sort of uh, the the underpinning i guess you know i mean i didn't think about that quote in particular but I, I think it sort of describes what i was trying to to do with it there um yeah in terms of the perspectives um you know i think uh um i just wanted to have it be fleshed out i wanted i, I wanted to, to be able to sort of get that like almost like joycean sort of like first person you know like stream of consciousness but you know you're like you're really in the you're really seeing through through these people's eyes and you're seeing the the conflict play out between uh you know um uh people who all kind of get it but all are kind of missing it i mean honestly that just is that's what life seems to be to me i think that um I think that uh, people are complicated and um, then relationships between people are more complicated and uh, technology then adds a new 
third layer of, of complication and uh, nothing about how technology has developed or uh, what, how I've seen and how I've seen it change the world has led me to believe any different. Right. I mean, people uh, uh, get in, things get more tangled. And I suppose in the speculative uh, realm, when you start talking about people being separated from their bodies were something to, you know, and, 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 you know, have your consciousness projected in this way, uh, uh, that, that adds stuff gets, you know, stuff gets really weird then, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, and it worked, it worked perfectly with what you're saying where each of the people have their own specific point of view, but they can't quite see the other point of view. And then the, the horror in the end is that the technology caused that to happen within the very individual that we've been following. So he can't even get his own point of view. Right. So it's right. a very nice, uh, um, I guess you'd say, uh, escalation of the human problem through technology. So it's, it's yes. a really nice, uh, really nice ending there. Um, and, and theme thank you. That's great yeah. to hear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so, so, so this is, this is the one story you've, you've got that I've read and then you've got, um, uh, one in startling stories and you've got another one that's coming out that is a, a sort of a semi sequel to this. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so, um, well, I, I should mention the story in, in Lovecraftiana, I suppose as well, which is a, but that's more of a horror story, you know, a weird horror story. Um, but, uh, my, my, in terms of science fiction, yes. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, I got a, I have a story coming out called, uh, memories of Emma, which is, uh, I'm should be out. Uh, well, I, I don't know when they put the, uh, um, if they're deciding to put it in, in the next issue or, uh, um, so I don't know exactly which issue it'll come out in, but I, I think it should be out soon. Um, yes. And it is, um, so memories of Emma, um, is, now I really don't want to give spoilers because the uh, you know uh, this this one actually isn't out yet. But um, so I'll say this: um, there is a character who may be familiar, but maybe isn't familiar. Uh, I, I haven't entirely decided one way or the other. But um, if it's uh, but I, I leave it open that there may be a a connection. Um, do you know? Uh, you know, in Bergman movies, he uh, he had one name that he used to use for like the evil character. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think it was like Vergaris or something. Right. Well, of course, Stephen King has that with Randall Flagg. But right. every, some sometimes the RF initials always the same, but sometimes he changes the name from Randall Flagg. But same right. idea. And he, he did that in order to avoid copyright issues uh, <laughs> with, with publishing with all these different people. But in the end, it all comes together. Uh, and you can read between the lines and know that he was creating an entire metaverse. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess... Uh, Moorcock did that too, similar thing with to Jerry Cornelius. Uh, uh, there's the, the, I think the eternal champion is, uh, um, yeah, that the, but, but, uh, is, is what he calls that. But, um, yeah. Oh, so anyway, I was thinking of doing something like that, right. And just using this name, but not really having it connect, but to, to directly, but rather having it be, you know, a different character with the same name that would be sort of, uh, throughout, 
uh, stories that were sort of in this vein that I was writing. But then I was like, you know what? I was writing it and I was like, I don't know if that's exactly how I want to do it. Um, and then I guess sort of found another thing to do with the name that I thought was maybe more interesting. Uh, so I, but, you know, I'll have to see if, uh, uh, if it works, you know? Um, mm -hmm. yeah, but, uh, that one, yeah, I, I, that's a good one. It's shorter. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, shorter than, than head on the door. Um, but it, it has sort of, uh, you know, um, flow to it like it you know it, it's uh uh i do some do some stuff with language that i like that i like doing you know i like rhymes you know i like uh, uh um sounds um and uh yeah so nice great so we'll yeah. we'll definitely look for that um and do you know when it's coming out uh um that that i'm not entirely sure uh okay, right. let me it's supposed to be uh let me let me just check and see if they happen to have um wait hold on you can cut out the non-talky parts all right like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that good okay good that's i'm i'm glad that that's the case um i i keep thinking that it's like actually you know that the the it's gonna we're gonna move over and the vr audience will be sitting there wondering you know why i'm what I'm, you know, we're actually being watched, but, um, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure when that's coming out. Um, you know, and I also have another story, um, that is kind of sci-fi. There's a sci-fi concept in it sort of, but it's kind of like a, it's like a sci-fi horror comedy, uh, that's coming out in the strangely funny eight anthology i think hmm. um i just sold that story uh the other day so yeah great congrats thanks thank you yeah so so uh so what's ahead for m is he going to go long form or is he going to become a, a ted chang who writes uh short short stories who get made into films and won best picture oscars well um either or both would be fine by me <laughs> um no i uh, um in terms of long form um I hadn't considered it until for some reason, like, uh, uh, something about doing this, uh, interview sort of got me thinking, well, maybe I, maybe I could go back to writing something, uh, you know, longer, uh, uh, longer form actually do a novel. I don't know why that jumped into my mind, particularly, uh, because of this, you know, um, this interaction, but, um, you know, so maybe, I mean, I, I sort of started having an idea, but I, I, for, for the immediate future, um, I do have, um, uh, a couple of other shorter things that I'm, that I'm working on, um, something it's always so, uh, difficult for me to talk about stuff that I am, uh, working on because, uh, I have, uh, I'm a very, very superstitious person, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, uh, I have a lot of, uh, uh, what my, I believe my grandfather used to call old world bullshit, uh, in my mind, you know, I always think I can't, I don't want to talk about it or, it, you know, but, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
there's other stuff I'm trying out. Uh, I sort of want to do um, more stuff in the vein of what I've been doing for, for right ahead, uh, the future looms, um, the, something that's sort of like the two stories, but um, uh, maybe a little different. Um, something with a very sort of cinematic, not like a cinematic feel in the sense of it being like a movie, but with a lot of stuff about movies in it. Um, okay. If that's, uh, um, you know, and, uh, um, and then uh, well, I kind of want to try to write a, like most of the horror stuff that I've written has been, that's come out so far has been uh, like horror comedy. Um, I'd like to, uh, I've been thinking of doing like a straight up, like classic Hope Hodgson weird fiction, like, like the, the, um, I don't know if you're familiar with William Hope Hodgson, but like, you know, the straight up, like dissociative, weird, like Lovecraft, Elder God. Like I think of like, um, like Hellraiser 2, you know, mm-hmm. as being like a movie that's sort of like that. I'm thinking of trying to do, trying to do one of those, you know, I got that. I, I got, you know, maladjusted enough to write something <laughs> like that for, for sure. Right. Okay, um, cool. Um, sounds great. Okay. So before, uh, before you, uh, let us know where we can get in touch with you, um, one recommendation of a book or a story, uh, that you think people should read. Ooh, one, just one, just one, but it's gotta be in the sci-fi realm and anything that's uh, VR simulation related is even better. Okay. So but now we're getting it. very specific. No Dostoevsky, no, uh, no, 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 no. Gotta be, okay. Gotta be sci-fi, okay. cyberpunk, maybe even simulation virtual related. Well, what everyone, everyone knows I have no, was that I have no mouth and I, uh, and I must scream, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's, I, I feel like that it, everyone uh, has probably recommended that one, right? That's a, that's a, no, no one, story. of course. You gotta, no? don't definitely recommend it. I'm sure that yeah. that's an old story, you know, people, people forget. Uh, so, yeah, that that, yeah, that came out in the 60s. Story. Yeah, I think that was I think that came out in the 60s. That's that's a great. I mean, and also like very much uh um uh you know, I don't know, cyberpunk, proto cyberpunk, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't it didn't have the cyberpunk brand hadn't happened yet, but I mean that that's uh, uh you know, that's a simulated uh, uh a simulated reality. It's a it's a mm-hmm. sort of technologically uh created demiurge you know like this uh, this evil sort of creator that's uh that's uh, or or is taking control and is so pissed off you know that it uh now i've now i've done a bunch of spoilers so i should recommend post singular by rudy rucker as well because i think that rudy rucker and software by rudy rucker because i think mm-hmm. that he is uh even though stylistically uh his stuff is so um different from uh i mean i think he's stylistically closer to neil stevenson than, than sort of uh you know um but uh but yeah you ever read rudy rucker i'm not i'm gonna check him out oh yeah 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 he's and good. where should i start what was the book he should i start with well software is his uh most famous one right mm-hmm. um and um uh yeah and then post singular is sort of a newer mm. like came out i think about 10 years ago yeah. Um, yeah. He's, uh, um, he's an actual working, um, 
maybe he's a, he's a scientist of some sort, some sort, maybe a physicist, you know? Yeah. Is Post Singular a collection of his short stories? No, no. It's not. Uh, okay. post, it's a novel. Yeah, it's okay. a um, it's a novel, like a, a post-singularity novel about mm-hmm. everyone gets crawled with uh, nanites. And so then they're all connected to each other. And mm-hmm. it just gets like, you know, uh, wilder and wilder. And I guess he, um, as a scientist, like uses the fiction that he writes to sort of inform ideas that he works on and then uses those ideas to inform more fiction. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he is a descendant of Hegel, the philosopher. Wow. So, yeah. That's so crazy. That's, that's cred, right? Like, wow, that's, yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. Very cool. I will ch- and German. So you've read the German original, right? I can, I have absolutely not read <laughs> the, the, uh, the German original of Hegel. No, <laughs> in English, in, in any language, right. uh, that one's going to be a toughie. So, right. All right. Um, okay, cool. Well, those are great recommendations. Um, so, uh, how can people get in touch with you and how can they, um, you know, keep in, keep track of your stuff coming out? Uh, best way to, uh, uh, stay on top of, uh, everything that I've got going on is, uh, my, uh, website at msternauthor.com and then also following me on Facebook at, uh, facebook.com slash msternauthor. Um, yeah, and you can hit me up there on the, on the messaging thing, uh, if, uh, if you are so inclined. And so, um, yeah. Cool. All right, great. Well, uh, thank you for teleporting into this WorldCast of Simulation Nation, whether you were with us in virtual reality for the brief minute that we were there, or 2D, or listening to the podcast a week from now on Spotify or iTunes. And remember to subscribe to our Instagram at The Simulation Nation, Twitter at SimNationVR, Facebook, and Discord, and join us next week for our interview with Prodigia Games founder Gareth Hughes. Until then, stay plugged, my friends.